at least now there has never been more focus on this issue mm -hmm. and more topic, more effort, more resources, both in terms of time and money devoted to trying to create greater diversity at all levels of organizations. And that was something that really came out of our study was that 98% of the companies we surveyed said they specifically are engaging in diversity hiring initiatives this year. Welcome back everyone to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf, and co-host, Joyce Joya. Well, happy Women's History Month. Happy International Women's Day. Belated, belated, <laughs> right. uh, Belatedly, uh, Happy yes. Employee Appreciation Day. We're a couple of days late for that. But we've got a great <laughs> show. Welcome back to Geek Skeezers of Googleization. And thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. Today, we've got Romy Newman from Fairy God Boss. It'll be a great conversation. I love that name. Yeah. I just love that name, Ira. And the timing. I really do. Yeah, the timing <laughs> couldn't be... I can't say better, more appropriate, right? because we should have been talking about this and fixing this for a long time. But the core part will be the core part of the, our conversation today, and we have a second guest as well. We'll be talking about employee appreciation, gender diversity, fairness, women in the workplace, especially for people of color. There's a whole we, we've been talking about this for a while, but uh, especially for uh, Women's History Month and and International Women's Day. What a what a more appropriate topic, and it seems to be the theme. I mean, last week we had uh, Marjorie uh, on the show. We were talking about investing in diversity. You know, her portfolio, her whole portfolio is is uh, half uh, half minorities, uh, half women. Un unbelievable. And then next week we've got uh, Bev K. Uh, we're going to be talking about engagement. Uh, with that, developing that engagement culture. So it just, it wasn't planned. I wish I could say I had that foresight to, to think about who was going to be talking about it. And then the second guest today is Brian Hershey uh, from a company called Gloat. And they just released a survey about undervalued employees. And we'll give, uh, we'll give you some stats, you know, about that as well. So we're going to have a really, really nice conversation. Uh, before I bring Romy on, there is just uh, there are a couple things. Is one is want everybody to remember two weeks today, uh, March twenty fourth, doing our AQ Summit Adaptability Summit. The uh, in fact, I just minutes before the show, I went up and uh, picked up a new domain, and it's Courage with a Q, as in quotient. Courage with a Q, Q uh, O U R A G E to uh, change. Courage to change. And one of the things that we're struggling with, uh, not only changing to the speed at which uh, digital transformation, post-pandemic world, exponential change, VUCA, whatever we want to talk about. We talk about grit, resilience, mindset, all those things. But without the courage to take that first step, nothing happens. No nothing changes. And we need to help build confidence. So I I've been talking about that. And then the light bulb went on this morning about what about courage courage to change someone that domain was taken nobody has the site but the domain was taken but i went up and talked about uh, because we talked so much about adaptability quotient so a, you can either do the aq with a q courage to change a courage to change or just courage to change uh dot com and it will um you'll, you'll come up to the webinar it's free 
It'll be uh, for an hour, hour and 15 minutes. I have great speakers, Heidi Spierge, uh, Chief Strategy Officer. Now she has a new title, Street Chief Strategy and Growth Officer at Cornerstone On Demand. She will be joining us. Uh, Ross Thornley from AQAI will be joining and Mary Faulkner from a company called IAHR. They do a lot of work with this. I uh, heard uh, her partner speak last week and uh, it was just, as I was listening, it was like they, they were they were either reading my mind or I was reading theirs. So, so uh, we have three great thought leaders on it and uh, hopefully you'll be able to join us. And there is one SHRM credit for anybody who's interested. Hopefully that's not the reason, only reason you come, but uh, we do have that and uh, you'll get some credit there. Joyce, you've had a typically busy week and you're on mute, by the way. Your mute button's on. For yes, some... how is that? That is good. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no worries. So uh, at this, I don't know if there's a comment before, but I want to bring on Romy. Otherwise, we'll, we'll yes, just lead into her. Okay. Well, so. yeah, I just wanted to say that it's it's just before the the Adaptability Summit is just before our podcast on the 20th. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you blocked out a couple hours that day. <laughs> you can, and you'll be able to get both on a replay if you can't make it. But uh, 11, uh, March 24th, 11 a.m. Uh, will be the uh, uh, panel, the AQ Summit. And then on that, uh, and at 1 p.m., as we always are, uh, Geek Skeezers and Googleization. So it'll be a good conversation. Right now, we're going to bring on our, our first guest, which is uh, Romy Newman. She is a co-founder. Hey, Romy. Hello. Uh, co-founder of Ver Fairy Bodgot. Fairy God. Fairy God. <laughs> <laughs> Three yeah. times fast. Yeah. Right. So, uh, we'll find out a little bit more about that. But as you, as the three of us were just talking briefly, very briefly before the show, you had just released a state of diversity recruiting in 2021. Some incredible information there. The one statistic that just blew me away. And I thank you for bringing it to our attention, but it just blew me away. The fact that uh, not how many people, women left the workforce or some of the challenges there, but if you have, if there's only one female candidate, including on a final slate, there's statistically a zero chance that she will be hired. That's right. So if you have and just to give credit where credit's due, that is not from our study. That's actually out of a Harvard Business Review article. But yes, that is even better. Independent, yes. right? <laughs> Independently verified. Yeah, I mean, it's just, that just blows me away. I mean, so you're talking about you narrow down the field to four people, you get the one female candidate, and zero chance. I mean, it's it's almost like a token. Hey, we did I, what we. And it's even worse uh, for for other historically underrepresented minorities. Yeah, it's just crazy, and 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 we, it is twenty twenty. I just want to check; it is twenty twenty one, right? <laughs> Still, supposed to be. Yeah. So, and on top of that, just on a broader sense, um, we have you know a lot of news. Uh, you know, Georgia is is trying to institute the voter suppression uh, laws. You know, forty three states uh, are trying to suppress voters. So, so it's not only in the workplace. I mean, we we have a. Um, we have a lot of challenges ahead, so we need to put it into perspective. So there's a lot of people that are trying to hold people back uh, for whatever the reason. And then uh, this morning, this Bloomberg report comes out and looks at the 100 largest corporations that only 37 release diver their diversity data. Out of those 37, there's only one, which is, I'll give credit to them, McDonald's, that has both um, female people of color, at, which includes uh, Hispanic 
and black or brown uh, in their top executive suites. Um, crazy. I mean, it, this is just nuts. We, we have so much progress to make. Oh. <laughs> um, but Ira and Joyce, I am actually a perennial optimist. We need um, to be. <laughs> yeah. We and so what do. I will say, and, and what we're seeing is, at least now, there has never been more focus on this issue mm -hmm. and more topic, more effort, more resources, both in terms of time and money, devoted to trying to create greater diversity at all levels of organizations. So, um, and that was something that really came out of our study was that 98% of the companies we surveyed said they specifically are engaging in diversity hiring initiatives this year, um, which is, I, unfortunately, it's not a tracking survey, but I can assure you that number has increased. And, uh, and so the, the issue is now we've got this desire, we've got the goal, how? How do we do it? And that's where I think that the next piece has to come. Yeah, and, and with that, and, and with that, by the way, is is I think it was ninety eight percent said that they had this on their agenda, but That's there was right. only twenty six percent that actually had a diverse had a requirement to have a diversity slate. Okay. That's right. And then among the ones that had the slate, some of their requirement was to have only one diverse candidate on the slate, which we know specifically doesn't produce any results. Right, yeah. but at least they met that criteria. Sorry, George, right. you were going to say something. I was, <laughs> something. <laughs> I was just going to say that uh, the the slate of candidates really does make a difference. If you don't have uh, have multiple diverse candidates to choose from, then chances are it, it's just not going to work. And yeah. I just I, I'm hoping that because for so long. So many employees said, oh, there's, they're just giving lip service to it. I'm sure that you've heard that, Romy. Certainly, yes. And, and I, I'm, I'm seeing now that more companies are really putting their money where their mouth is. And it's not enough, but it's a lot more than we had before. I think that's right. And Ira, you're right to point to this Bloomberg study. I, I always go back to the opening chapter of Lean In, which really in many ways ignited the diversity effort um, for women in, in the 2010s. Her opening chapter is about, uh, Sheryl Sandberg's opening chapter is about how when she was pregnant working at Google and she had to walk so far from the parking lot and she was luckily a member of the executive team. So she said, why don't we have maternity parking, right? And until there was a woman or somebody who'd had that experience in the executive suite, change doesn't happen, right? So we have got to get representation into the executive levels. That is what's going to make all the difference. Yeah, and, and again, it's, ha it's having that voice at the top, but, you know, and it's gonna have the people who are in power. So if you have so, so many companies that don't have people of color, in there, or you don't have people who are pregnant, uh, then nobody's going to bring that up. And it takes people like myself, a white male who is none of the above, not a female, not a person of color, uh, nor can I get pregnant. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it, it, I feel that way, but um, but ultimately, it, it it's us. You know, uh, I know you're you're you know I know you know Torin Ellis. I mean, I I, I love Torin. And, and he's not afraid to pull punches. And it's like, listen, you know, and, and when I, I interviewed them or I, you know, I've interviewed him a few times, um, you know, it's like, listen, I'm an old white guy, 
you know, I mean, I try, what can I do? Right. And go try harder. Right. You know, right. <laughs> it, it's, it's try harder. It's, it's everybody's susceptible to it. And we're all, we're, you know, you can't be afraid to make mistakes, which goes back to how I opened when we talk about adaptability, adaptability is not just about change, but having the courage to change the environment, to change people's minds, to change. The, so we can learn how to have grit and resilience and growth mindset and all this other stuff everybody throws around, including me. Um, but ultimately, what the, what those things need to do is provide people the courage in order to do that. And as you're doing is certainly bringing awareness, you know, to to the situation. Yep. And I will say also, you know, kind of going back to, since this is geeks, geezers, and Googleization, um, so we're talking about the diversity slate. And really, what I've come to uncover, it seems so logical to me that everyone have diverse slates, right? But actually, the infrastructure you need to be able to tee up diverse slates is significant. You need to be able to track track diversity demographics of the candidates, which they have to volunteer. You need to track them in a way that blinds the hiring manager. Right. And you need to be able to hold that data in the aggregate. And there are what I'm finding is the reality is many companies just don't have the infrastructure. In many cases, they may not know the demographic breakdown of their existing employee. I mean, so if companies are not releasing their their demographics. They may not know their demographics. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot. But there's we, we now fortunately have all kind of come together around the what. Right. And we want more diversity. But there's a lot. There's a lot of technology and and data development that will need to happen in order to support it no I, you're you're absolutely correct so before we get too far down the road uh, i know we wanted I, and I, this was a question from joyce so you can ask it um joyce <laughs> uh, was your number the, the top question you had uh, so how did you come up with fairy god boss yes if i had a nickel I for every time i was asked that I really uh, so so um, I'm not sure if you know this, but the story of how Fairy God Boss came to be is that my co-founder, Georgine, and I were both executives at a big publishing company. And uh, oh, hello, Torin. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so glad to know you're out there. So uh, Georgine and I were both executives at this big publishing company, and uh, Georgine got caught up in a big management shakeup, and she lost her job. It wasn't anything she did. When she lost her job, she was two months pregnant. So now she had to go find a job knowing that when she interviewed, she would be visibly pregnant. And so she took to the internet, she's a very fastidious person, and she wanted to be able to do research about what it was like to work at all these different companies as a woman and as a working mother. She wanted to hear from other women who worked there, did they feel supported? Did they feel like they had a seat at the table? Did they feel like they were treated or equally and paid equally? Did they feel like they could leave at 5.30 to go home to their kids without, you know, this is New York City, people stay at work till eight. And she, mostly she wanted to know what the maternity leave policy was. So she went to all of the resources that exist for job seekers like LinkedIn and Glassdoor and uh, Indeed, and none of them had these answers. None of them answered her specific set of questions as a job seeker. So she said, I'm, I'm going to create that platform. And she tapped me on the shoulder to come be her co-founder. And we needed a name. So we knew that from a mission perspective, we wanted a place that women could come together to lift each other up around career. We hadn't found that 
for each other. And we, we had both been through kind of rising up through the corporate ladder and it can be isolating. We wanted a place that women could bring their questions, their concerns, their challenges and their achievements and share it with the community. And also importantly, share it in an anonymous forum. Uh, because we knew that a lot of these topics were things that it's hard to put your name next to. So that's a long answer to your question, but in short, <laughs> we wanted a name that would connote that everyone who was on our platform was somebody who was helping women advance in the workplace simply by sharing information, by sharing a high five, by sharing a piece of data. Um, and so we wanted a name that connote that everyone on the community is somebody helping each other and lifting each other up. And we both have small kids, so you know, fairy godmothers, fairy god bosses were top of mind, and here we are. Love it. I just love it. And uh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. So, so Romy, what? So again, you're you're in, you're creating this safe place for have these conversations. Uh, you're creating a community uh, to support. Uh, you're helping increase the self awareness. Uh, what are I, I guess? What are some of the steps? that you're doing to actually, I don't wanna say force the change because that means it's forcing it on there, um, but to inspire other people uh, to make this change. Because you know, in, in, in having Fairy God Boss and it's a community for women to be able to support that, what happens to all of us, all, all the, all the old, older white guys? Like how, we, how can we support in that other than it becomes the water cooler talk? <laughs> You know, yeah, no, I mean, actually, there's a topic we talk about a lot is how to enlist men as allies. And I'm really passionate about it. And I especially have to tell you that I owe my career uh, to a few different men who really helped lift me up. Um, and so I think one of the things we coach on for our users is how to enlist help. Um, but I think certainly understanding and being attuned to the idea that women may not have the same voice or other underrepresented minorities may not have the same voice. So creating room for their voice to be heard or checking in, opening the lines of communication is always helpful. And then also offering opportunities. I mean, I will say I had, I had um, somebody who helped develop me in my career and I owe so much to him. I reported him for five years at the wall street journal and when he was brought in before the board to make presentations that I worked behind the scenes to develop, he brought me in and he gave me the floor, right? Instead of taking credit, he gave me the credit. And that, I mean, that type of gift has made all the difference for me. So I think, you know, that's, that's a definite place to start. And look, you're doing it right now, Ira. So yeah. thank you. I joined <laughs> your platform, Romy. I and, saw that choice. Uh, and I was, I was wondering, you know, I think it's wonderful, the services that you're providing, but you must have a way to make money as well. Yes. So we are free to our users. That's really important to us. We don't need to be one more thing that somebody needs to pay for. Um, and the way that we make money is by working with corporations. I'm so one of the things I'm most proud of is the caliber of companies that we work with among our customers are Google and Facebook and um Goldman Sachs and Bank of America and many, many others. Um, and LinkedIn is even one of our customers. Um, <laughs> so we help them raise their profile among our audience of nearly 10 million women, um, telling our audience the story about all answering all those questions that Georgine had as a job seeker. Why is this company a place that women thrive? What would the opportunities here be like for a woman? What is this company doing 
to invest, to make progress in diversity. Um, because I think the reality is we know, I mean, that Bloomberg report makes it clear we're not in a, we have such a long way to go, right? So the question that I think job seekers are asking today and not just women and not just historically underrepresented minorities, but is how is this company standing up to commit toward more progress, toward more diversity? Um, and actually we did, we got that from a study that we feel that that women were one and a half times more likely to apply to a company based on the stance it has publicly publicly taken toward diversity and black women are twice as likely. Well, that's really interesting, really fascinating. So I, I have a question for you personally. What was your favorite job other than what you're doing now? What was your um, favorite job and why? So uh, I have had two amazing jobs before this that are sort of bookends in my career. One was right out of college. I worked at Estee Lauder in marketing for six years and I loved it. I loved working on the products. Uh, there's just nothing like the adrenaline of actually putting together a product and then seeing it come off a manufacturing line. It is just thrilling. And then in a store, so thrilling, it feels so cool. Um, and then later on, I did, I did work at the Wall Street Journal for um, seven years and just the smartest people, the nicest people. And, you know, you think about purpose, but I did have a really strong sense of the notion that I, I sold advertising. I was in the advertising department, but the money I brought into that institution helped further democracy in this country. And I know that. I feel really confident about that. And that kind of purpose behind my work meant everything. But it was a great place to go to work every day also. I, I understand what you mean about purpose. That makes a tremendous difference. Ahead, you mentioned before about the, and the, the power of, of having a mentor within yeah. the organization. And a sponsor, yes. And a sponsor. So yeah. within companies that aren't well represented in the, in the management leadership roles, with uh, women or people of color or both. Um, how does that happen? I mean, is that, again, it takes the, the old, you know, could be a white woman, but it, 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 since the majority happen to be white men, it is to be able to, one is uh, step out mm -hmm. and identify the women to mentor and especially getting into people of color um, because it, it can't happen. I mean, there's not, there's no way to have a one-to-one -one relationship when the, the pyramids inversed. That's right. And I've lived it. I mean, I was a senior level woman at the Wall Street Journal, the advertising team, and I was the, the only senior level woman and there were 200 entry level women. So I could not, I would have loved to have mentored all of them, but it just wasn't possible, right? Um, but that said, I do think that um, identifying high potential uh, employees and prior on giving them opportunities for their voice to be heard, giving them stretch assignments. Again, my career was made on stretch assignments and inviting them into the room, even if they are not, you know, so inviting them into the executive committee to give a presentation, even if maybe they are not yet on the executive committee. These are different ways that you can create representation and um, help, help plan for a more diverse future. Right. Which, you know, going back to the high potentials, that makes sense. It's rational. It's like, let's look at the people who are ambitious enough that we can bring up the fastest to fix this. I, I was I was listening to something else this morning, though, and they were talking about the dangers of high potential because there's bias even in that. 
I mean, who's identified as a high potential? So you go back to, it doesn't have to be an external candidate being selected. It could be an internal candidate selected. So again, you have that internal slate and say, listen, we have one out of four, you know, one a, a person of color and a woman, one out of four of these final candidates to be promoted into manager slot. Um, where's, you know, where's the attraction? Where, you know, how much effort goes into that, uh, into that person? So the, the bias just goes, you know, <laughs> throughout, unfortunately. Yeah, the slate has to hold true for internal move, uh, movement as well. And then also on on the committee, the hiring committee, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, what, what's that look like? Right. You know, right. Between yeah. men sitting across the table, right? <laughs> Self-perpetuating, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we've got a lot. Um, what what are some of what surprised you most uh, about this you know, the, what, you know, I, as I said, I, I pulled out my one statistic. What surprised you the most out of this report that you just released? I think um, to to revisit what I said earlier, it's about how limited the measurement is. Um, so you've got you've got ninety eight percent of companies saying they want to hire more diverse applicants, but they only fifty five percent can even measure the demographics of their hires. So how, and, and I, that is, you know, that is simply, that is a systems issue, right? I think there's a lot of investment that's going to have to happen um, to, to bridge that gap. Well, I guess the good news is that at least for publicly traded companies, that the SEC is now putting the requirement in that they have to, if they say people are their most important assets, let's prove it. You know, what, what was your investment? What does that look like? And, and you know, just as the Bloomberg study indicated, there's going to be a lot more disclosure. And, and to give them credit, at least last year, there was only 14 companies that released the data to them out of 100. This year, there was uh, 27. So um, I, I think those I know it was 37 this year. I think it was there was 24, or 25 additional ones this year. So at least we're moving, as you said, in, in, in the right in the right direction. Yes. Yeah, I wonder, I, I wonder something. You know that uh, a lot of publicly held companies are releasing their stats on employee turnover. Mm -hmm. And that's because the organizations that have the lowest employee turnover are the ones that tend to be most successful moving into the future. I wonder if they will begin, once they once they begin to make some progress in this regard, Romy, I wonder if they will begin to release those statistics so that people understand that, that this is an indicator also of success and profit as we move into the future to have Absolutely. more diversity in the higher ranks. No, no question. I think more and more stakeholders are going to require it, whether it's the NASDAQ that won't take companies public unless they have diversity representation, whether it's Goldman Sachs that won't do it, uh, BlackRock, or um, whether it's even employees or customers. Uh, the, the, the different stakeholders that will be holding companies' feet to the fire is growing and growing. Great. Great news. So, Great news. Romy, what's the, so we, we, we just have a few minutes here left. It goes incredibly fast. It <laughs> sure does. Uh, what, um, what, what's next for Fairy God Boss? What, what's next on your agenda? Yeah, um, world domination. <laughs> um, you know, I think our, our vision is there's 73 million working women in America. We've got about 10 using our 
our platform and so would love to grow that number and uh, grow beyond the US, grow internationally, which is on our on our radar for 2022. And for anybody who wants to get in contact, obviously one way is is your, the, the website's scrolling across the bottom, Gary Godboss. Um, the, to get, I, I believe there's a link up there to, to download the, the uh, report, correct? Uh, I hope so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. If not, how can they reach, can they reach out to you? And by the way, just to kind uh, of, please. Up, uh, we've got Georgine coming. Uh, I think she just scheduled literally like minutes before we were on the earth today. Uh, I think, uh, the end of May. So we'll, we'll be able to check some, some of that progress out. My uh, alter ego. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, great. You can find me on Fairy God Boss and connect with me there. You can connect with me on LinkedIn uh, and I would love to connect with you. Perfect. Uh, any final comments, words of, of yes. wisdom you can leave us? <laughs> Here's my burning platform. According to the World Economic Forum, we are over 250 years from achieving economic gender equality, economic parity among genders in the workplace. And uh, that is too long. That is punishingly long. I have a daughter who's seven, and I would love to know what it would take for her to see it in her lifetime. Hmm. Well, we're happy to be on the journey with you. We're thrilled to be on the journey with you. And, and you know, citing World, World Economic Forum, we're also, you know, again, on the adaptability side, giving people courage to change. Uh, 375 million people are at risk for being left behind. Yeah. And uh, so we're we're on a similar pathway, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they're they're probably joined uh, they're they're conjoined twins. <laughs> That's uh, for sure. So we will be you know I, I know we will be with you all along that route. Uh, thank you, Romy. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for for being part of today's show, and and uh, we're thrilled to to share the message. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. It was a blast. Thanks, Romy. Stay safe. Wow, that again goes faster and faster. It gets dizzying. So uh, really appreciate really? it. And um, I, again, we've got a, a we're going to continue this discussion, uh, but we're going to continue with uh, Brian Hershey uh, after the break. Uh, and uh, he's from Gloat, and they just released the survey, which uh, again talks about all people. The companies are just doing a lousy job of of making people valued at work, which comes down to it, but they, uh, particularly they're not doing a very good job with people of color and women. So, and right, uh, so right. we're going to be back uh, with that. Uh, get your thank you for listening to Geek Skeezers Google and Googleization. Uh, thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. If you're not part of it, please go up to googleizationnation.com. Uh, it's free. Uh, you'll get updates each week about the webinars, uh, about podcasts, about guests and other special offers. Uh, that we have. We're going to take a really quick break. We're going to hear from our two sponsors in GOMO, uh, and then we will hear from Success Performance Solutions, and then we will be back with Brian Hershey and uh, from Gloat. Imagine growing great employees and advancing emerging leaders with one small monthly investment. With the Ngomu app, you can support your employees in career and personal development and health and wellness without spending a lot of effort to schedule and hold numerous training sessions. With the efficient app, your employees will have access to dozens of coaches in groups and one-on-ones for whatever topic they need or want to work on anytime, anywhere. Picture the positive impact on your team by having access to over 80 coaches. Learn more at ngomu.com today. For many people, the bridge to the new normal is too far, too difficult, too scary. 
Waiting to get back to normal becomes a way of life, filled with fear and despair. But wait, why are those people who dare to travel to the new normal celebrating? Opportunity and growth? How can you get a piece of the action? The bridge between the past and the future, the status quo and the new normal is adaptability. You have a choice. Which side of the future do you want to land on? Will it be coping and surviving or growing and thriving? Adaptability Quotient is the new competitive edge. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Geeks, Teasers, and Googleization, and thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. Uh, we had a great uh, first segment with uh, Romy Newman from Fairy Godboss uh, talking about uh, how much uh, road we have ahead uh, to uh, close that gender diversity, um, just any diversity gaps. Uh, especially for opportunity. Uh, Bloom, uh, again, talking that it's going to take 250 years to have pay equity, uh, gender equity. Uh, you know, it's just crazy since we, you know, again, we've got, uh, we don't even have 250 years as a country. So it's, <laughs> it's going to take uh, the United States being a democratic, you know, having a democracy and have uh, 500 years to get parity. Uh, that's that's pretty insane. Uh, but we're going to continue this conversation uh, with Brian Hershey. Uh, Brian is the head of enterprise at Gloat. And uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about what Gloat is. Uh, and you can and you can also learn more at Gloat.com. Uh, but they just released a survey, too. Um, let's see. I'm going to read it here. Um I got this from their PR company, and it, it certainly brought my attention to it. Um, but a third of American workers for, feel undervalued at work. Yeah, 34%, as I recall, yeah, right? Nearly half, 46% of Black employees feel underutilized, and 38% of Latinx employees feel the same. So, again, and the um, statistic that really blew me away was that 64% are looking for another job. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So we're going to uh, hopefully uh, Brian is still with us. I know he's been waiting. There he is. Hey, Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi, Hi, Hi Joyce. Good to see you again. We're making a habit of this, right? <laughs> Two days good, in a row. Good, good to see you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on today. Yeah. So tell us, uh, well, one, one is talk, uh, you know, what gloat is. Obviously, we know what gloating is. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, talk about gloat, uh, and then uh, we can dive yeah. into, the, into the survey that you had. Sure. Yeah, I think I think that's a good place to start, and it'll it'll set up hopefully a little bit of sort of the why behind you know why we we went out and did this survey. Um, but Gloat, uh, you know, so what we did is is we really pioneered a new HR technology platform and and really a new paradigm for how large companies can both utilize their their talent and their workforce, and also help enable their their people to have more fulfilling careers. Um, and that innovation is is what we call the talent marketplace. And what that is, is you know, a two-sided marketplace inside of a company where employees can go to find interesting full-time roles. So you know, perhaps their next kind of full-time home in the business, uh, in, their, in their career, uh, but also you know, projects and internal gig work, things that can take them outside of sort of the box where they spend you know, most of their time you know, in the company and really begin to stretch and develop and grow and, and always have those experiences for growth at their fingertips. 
uh, and, and other opportunities as well uh, for their you know, growth and development. Uh, we think about volunteering opportunities, job shadowing opportunities, uh, learning experiences and, and others. And then on the other side of this marketplace, of course, you have managers, uh, HR, leadership, uh, who really are using this talent marketplace as a way to really handpick talent at the skill level, bring it to where it's needed in the business faster than ever before, uh, and also help employees you know, really navigate their careers and, and find meaningful, meaningful directions for themselves that you know, align with their interests and aspirations uh, inside of the company. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, you know, really tremendous to see, you know, one, the impact we're having helping organizations, some of the largest in the world, among them Unilever and Schneider Electric, Standard Chartered Bank, Walmart and, and others, um, helping them become more agile, uh, more flexible. And, and we've seen, you know, them using their talent marketplaces really to navigate uh, uh, the pandemic and the, and the impact that that's had on, on their businesses. Uh, but I think, you know, even more, you know, Amazing is, is the impact that it's having on individuals um, who can use the talent marketplace to always find uh, new opportunities and always have access to new opportunities, uh, which is an interesting topic we can definitely uh, double click on uh, off the back of the survey data. So it's about, uh, yeah, what we do. So it's functioning as a community. I mean, is it a job board? Um, you're, you're, you're posting and listing jobs for these companies as well? So it's one step further. Um, you know, we found that the project, with the, the problem with the job board is that, you know, you can post, you know, thousands of jobs or, you know, openings there, you know, very quickly gets, you know, pretty messy. And it also becomes, you know, difficult for an employee to understand, you know, one, even where to access that job board, uh, to understand which roles are actually, you know, relevant and applicable to them. Um, and, and, and really just to, to, to navigate that whole process. I mean, we actually approach this with an understanding that most employees actually don't know exactly what they're looking for next. It might not even be a, a full-time role, right? It, it, could, it could be that they're looking for an experience, an opportunity, a new skill set, uh, and it gets more granular than that. And, and, and so what we're doing is, you know, we're one, we're looking at, you know, what skills does this you know, employee have? Uh, what does their sort of past and, and present look like? But also, what are their dreams? You know, what are their forward-looking aspirations for where they want to take their career, and how do we use that, marry that with you know the, the the objectives of the business, and you know connect that bridge, which is really you know purpose, purpose for the individual, and and purpose for the organization. Um, and that's that's where our platform is using you know AI to to do that kind of matching at scale. So you have your employ the employees put in their their abilities and talents and all that, and then the system using AI figures out where they would fit best in the positions that become available. Is that accurate? That's, that's a, that's a good description. Um, we, we, we do make that, you know, process really automated. So an employee can you know, upload a LinkedIn profile or even their resume. Uh, we can, you know, sort of extract, you know, meaning in terms of skills and capabilities uh, using you know, NLP and other uh, AI techniques. And then we are able to match them based on multiple criteria. So we're not just looking, you know, who's sort of the, you know, perfect fit uh, in terms of skills right. or, or capabilities. We want to understand who actually also has you know, potentially the interest or who has maybe some of the skills, but we could, you know, move this uh, person into that opportunity because it'll be a great venue to develop that person. Um, and, you know, then it you know, ties into this concept of employee development, employee retention, employee satisfaction, engagement. Um, we really help close the loop there. And the thing that I like the best I, about, about what about earlier is that 
we know that 49%, according to ClickSuasion's recent survey, 49% of employees have a side gig, some sort of side thing that allows them to make money. So what you are doing, which I just love, is to automate their access to the companies generating those side gigs, which by the way, is something else that Michael Barbera has talked about. Incidentally, we're having Michael Barbera as our guest sometime in the future. Can't tell you exactly when, but he'll be here. But this whole idea of a side gig and, and helping employees have access to it, I think is just a phenomenal idea. So thank you very much for what you're doing. And, and Brian, I mean, I, I love what I'm, I'm do, actually doing uh, for HR, uh, for BLR, uh, HR Now uh, Tech Week is, is tech, uh, HR Tech Week is next week. And I'm doing their keynote. And, you know, we're talking about how you can use technology for the greater good, uh, you know, not just to automate your processes, not to, to how can we make recruiting easier or employee engagement or chat. Um, we, we have all these new environments, but how can we use it for the greater good? Uh, how can we help actually help people by doing that? So I, again, I, 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 I second uh, Joyce's motion <laughs> and, and thank you for that. Absolutely. Let's talk about your survey before we run out of time here uh, is it'll go fast. Um, sure. And I, I shared a few of the information. Well, just like we were talking about with Romy uh, Newman earlier, uh, we have a long way to go. And when you have a, you know, approximately half the work yes, feels underutilized, undervalued, um, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of telling. So those were some of the stats. Tell us a little bit more about the survey and, uh, you know, where you hope to go with it. Absolutely. So we, you know, we kicked off this survey. Uh, we call it the Why We Work survey. Uh, you can find the full survey on our website, gloat.com forward slash why dash we dash work, uh, or just Google us and you'll find it. Uh, and the purpose behind this survey was was an interesting one. And we, we discovered a lot of things we didn't know. And then we sort of, you know, discovered some things we already did know. But but now we have some great, you know, data behind it. And, you know, we always kind of understood almost intuitively that, you know, the most important driver for the individual when they're thinking about, you know, their career choices and, and also the motivation behind, you know, why they work is that, you know, salary is, is a relatively small part of that. Uh, it's there. It's it's certainly you know an important part of that and and something you know we should pay attention to. But there are really these other components that are that are you know more emotional and and actually what our survey showed actually you know more relevant to to a lot of people, which is access to opportunity, trying new things, you know, access to new challenge, um, and and you know really the ability to sort of you know step outside of of their day to day and and you know kind of follow what's what's new and interesting. Um, you know, people want growth. Um, if you if you really want to you know boil it down, um, and so you know in this survey we we really wanted to understand you know what are those you know other factors um, you know in the workplace that contribute to people's you know decisions about whether they leave an employer, uh, whether they you know decide to you know stay with an employer, um, and, and and so on. And um, so one of the really interesting points um, that we got from this, and and it was you know one of the more uh, surprising was that a third of American workers are feeling undervalued at work. Um, and, and part of that is tied to the fact that they felt that organizations don't have enough visibility into what their skills and capabilities are, and then aren't effectively, you know, really giving them opportunities to, you know, put those skills and capabilities to work. 
We also found, uh, you know, not not unsurprising again, unfortunately, you know, when we double clicked on that 34%, which was the, the general number, and we looked at, you know, different segments of the workforce, uh, that that number actually skewed much higher uh, in certain segments. So among black employees, that, that, that number was 46% who felt underutilized. Amongst uh, Latinx, it was 38%. Uh, and then when we looked at gender split, actually really interesting, 43% of women felt underutilized, while only 24% of men feel underutilized. Uh, so, you know, more than almost twice as many women respondents were saying that they were feeling underutilized at work. Um, and, and all of these, you know, you know, variances from that base level 34% are, are really significant, uh, which means, you know, as, as you said, Ira, there, there's a lot of work to be done, um, for sure. Right. Uh, Brian, I was fascinated to see the the numbers on uh, dissatisfaction with work and intention to leave. I believe it is the way it was, and we we've seen that for a long time uh, that uh, that a lot of employees have been dissatisfied, and yet they've stayed. They've stayed because they're scared. They stayed because of COVID. They were afraid they couldn't get another job, I guess. And just like uh, I, I think there's a tremendous pent up demand in terms of travel and going to restaurants and all those things that we haven't been able to do, there may be HR professionals, please take note, a pent up demand in terms of people leaving one job and going to another. Do you agree with that? I, I do absolutely, and 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 we we have seen that in the data as well with a number of our customers, where it almost appears like they've had a really good year. Um, they, you know, retention has actually uh, gone up. Uh, if you or turnover has 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 come down, and and I think a lot of you know people looking at the space are saying, look, you know, when do things you know maybe return to some some level of normalcy? Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly what that looks like, but there is sort of you know likely to be that pent up demand where. Uh, people are looking for new jobs. And we, we got that data in our survey as well. I mean, we found that 64% of employees plan to leave their jobs. Um, so that's, that's, that's a pretty high, you know, these are people who are open to opportunity. Um, you know, given the opportunity, they, they, they will potentially leave. Um, it's, it's a very high number and, and large organizations, large enterprises um, tend to struggle with this. And, 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 you know, that's where, you know, we see part of the solution is making that opportunity available to employees. Um, and it's so important. And some of the companies you work with, you know, they speak to employees who leave, you know, in their in their exit interviews. And it's not about, you know, they didn't like their manager or, you know, it's, it's not necessarily about their pay. It's usually about, you know, their visibility into their career growth uh, and their access to opportunities. Yeah. You know, Brian, it's amazing. And we're just about out of time here. So I want to give a chance to kind of wrap up quick. Uh, but over the weekend, I uh, went to our diner and on the it's a, it's walking distance from our house. But we'll go down there. We pick up breakfast. We still haven't done the dining thing there. Uh, but we went down and picked up breakfast. As we're usually doing, there's a sign on the door. Uh, they're cutting back hours because they can't find people. The return to normalcy that everybody's looking for, that we're just going to go back to the way it was, um, we've been talking a lot a long time. I've been talking about it a long time is be careful what you wish for, because when we go back, we're still going to have that shortage of skilled labor and even more so than we ever did before. Uh, so here, here is a 24 hour diner that's cutting back hours um, because they can't find enough people to staff it. And then I went to get my coffee at Dunkin Donuts, which is just a few blocks away, and they were closed. 
because they didn't have enough people. They don't have enough people to work the second shift and they didn't have enough people on the weekend to work. So here are two thriving businesses that you normally couldn't get into are already having to shut down because they can't find people. So um, it's just it's just starting. That's right. And you know that that dynamic I think scales from the local diner up to you know the Fortune 500. Um, and you know talent is the most precious asset a business has. Um, and you know businesses need to be taking you know those steps and thinking ahead to make sure that they you know, keep the talent that they already have. That's that's a good place to start. Ryan, we're barely getting warmed up here. So hopefully uh, <laughs> we're going to keep tabs on you. Hopefully you'll come back uh, right. for, for to sure. continue this conversation because you're doing a lot of great things. How can people get a hold of you? What's the best way? Uh, me personally, LinkedIn, Gloat, visit our website. Uh, you can you can find lots of information there. Um, but yeah, feel, feel free to reach out and uh, we'd love to continue the conversation. Hey, thanks very much, Brian, for, for all you Thank do. You, Brian. Take care. Thank you both. Well, wow, that was, uh, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, we got great people. I'm, I'm liking the new format uh, with, with other people. Again, it really enriches that conversation. Uh, next week, uh, we have, as I said, we have Beth Kay. She's got a new book, her sixth edition version of it, uh, Leave Them or Lose Them. And, uh, love them or, yeah. love them or lose them. Lose them. Yeah, love them or lose them. <laughs> Um, so we're excited to have her. We'll continue this conversation because it all fits in the same vein. Uh, and then um, I've got uh, there's a couple people we're trying to juggle the schedules around, get them scheduled in the next few weeks uh, as well. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody. Uh, Joy, thank you for being a hosting with me uh, oh, thank you, lots, lots at the table and uh, you're picking up where I'm leaving off and gives me a chance to, <laughs> to, to check on a couple things. Um, Thank you for listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Uh, if you're not part of Googleization Nation yet, uh, please do so. Go to Google, googleizationnation.com. It's free. You'll get subscriptions, a free um, update each week uh, that I send out with the podcast, webinars, uh, other events. And don't forget about the webinar coming up uh, two weeks today, March 24th. Uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern time, right before the podcast, uh, where we're going to be talking about how can you help uh, your employees not only adapt, but broader sense than that. How do you help them get the courage to change? Because there's a lot we need to change all the way from diversity, inclusion to uh, just innovating, growing, thriving, all of that. Thank you again, Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Until next week, don't let the shift hit your plans. <laughs>